0: you hear this that means you're tuned into jsy podcast and i am your host just simply yvonne coming to chat with you and you never know what about this podcast was created for everyday people living everyday lives with the hopes that a conversation will be had that could change a perspective we have made it to season two i'm so excited to still be here i hope that your ears are ready to listen your heart is open to receive a nugget or two and that this is a good use of your time as jahim says come on over to my place let's see what we're talking about this episode Hello, hello, hello. We have made it to another episode of Read and Review. Super excited to be here as always. Super excited for you to be here, tuning in, checking out what I'm talking about at this moment. Um, hope you enjoyed Valentine's Day or National Love Day. Hope you loved on yourself and family, friends, significant other, Whoever. Hope you were able to relax and enjoy it. Hope you're able to sit in the moment and not rush through it. I think that as I've gotten older, I'm appreciating things that money can't buy more and more. So if you were able to celebrate or not, if you were just able to think of things that you're grateful for um, on the 14th or this National Day of Love, that it was a good day. It was a good use of your time that you loved on yourself celebrated something you did or thought or completed or something that you did that you wanted to say i love myself for so without further ado we are to chasing failure by ryan Leak. now i had never even heard of this book i didn't even know who this man was I, if you didn't know, which I'm pretty sure you do, but just in case this is your first episode, welcome in first. Second, I am a single mom who is all for advocating, inspiring, encouraging, uplifting, all of the things connecting with other single moms. I am all for people who are on a similar path as me, connecting and just being able to understand the struggles because there's more than one struggle being a single parent. But anywho, so every year, the National Life of a Single Mom, it's like National TLSM or National something, I don't know. They have a conference. And because COVID, so I got affiliated with the company or with the organization in 2019, and they had a conference conference which in 2019, they did three. They're based out of Louisiana, but they came to Houston. And so I went and then they were in like Louisiana and then they went one in Florida or something like that. But they had those three. They said that was the first time they had ever done three, but they were going to move back to one, hopefully, and do like two online or something like that. But I like to be in the building because even with a concert, the energy is different when you're there. So 2020 everything was closed because of COVID obviously so then 2021 they're like we're going to open it but it's only going to be pretty much whoever could get to Louisiana which I mean if you're in Washington you may fly down but a lot of people were like I wanted somewhere close to me and I mean for me it ended up being I think a seven hour drive but I just wanted to go like I love being in the atmosphere of people who were similar to me like I just I've loved it before COVID and now that it was lifted a little bit I was just thrilled to go. I was like, Oh my gosh. And so, um, tra traveled the seven hours went and Mr. Ryan Leak was one of the speakers. Now go back to 2019. It was set up different. It was like, um, not, it was a one keynote speaker. Yes. But instead of the way they had it set up in 2021, they had it set up where everybody just came on the stage, spoke, and everybody was in one room. But in 2019, you had to go into separate rooms and the speakers would have to give their presentation three or four times because they had groups. And it was way more people, obviously, because... We didn't even know what a pandemic was, or if we did, we hadn't lived through it, you know. So things were different. So it was loaded down with people, and it was like you got 40 minutes in one conference area, then you would shuffle to the next one, and then go eat lunch, and then shuffle to the next one. And then, of course, in 2021, it was everybody stay seated, and the speakers just come up, speak, and then they come down, and then you go get a snack or stand up and stretch your legs, and the next speaker comes up, you know. So it was just a little different. But it had only been women from what I saw. So when I saw Ryan, I was thinking... Maybe his wife is going to speak. Maybe he's here with someone. Like, I was so confused about <laughs> what was happening, but the speaker before him was really good. So I was like, okay, I'm invested. Like, I'm here, and I'm just I'm just happy to take in all of this because they don't talk about the heaviness of single mom life or, yeah, single mom. They talk about, like, the benefits. And so in those couple hours that you're there, you're kind of immersed in the positive side of it. And so he gets up and (laughs) I've never seen him, never heard him. So I had no backstory and I'm not really big on following like what's on YouTube or I don't watch like Good Morning America. I don't really watch a lot of TV period. But he was just like, I pretty much broke the internet when I did a 24 hour proposal and marriage. And he was just like, My wife said when I very first met her and he was like a couple months or a couple weeks into them dating, he asked her or a friend asked her what would be like your ultimate wish. And she said to get engaged and married on the same day. And he was just like, well, that's too early. You know, like this is in the early parts of them dating. Well, any good speaker gives you a story and it pulls you in, right? (laughs) So I'm looking like, what is, what are we talking about here? You know, like I'm... (laughs) What? And so he was saying that in that whole thing, they had decided to have someone tape it. And he said, and one day they put it on YouTube and it had like less than a thousand views because they didn't know that many people, but people were curious, like it showed him proposing. And then they had less than 12 hours to prepare the full wedding, get her dress, get her hair done, her makeup, like the whole nine yards. And it was a huge deal. So he said it was a thousand people less than one day. And I want to say like not even a month later, it was over a million views. And of course I'm thinking, Oh, when this is over, I'm going to look this up. I never looked it up. I just, I was like, Oh, that's a beautiful story. Cause he was, people of course wanted to know, like how did you know her favorite color or what think, what dress she would think was cute or, you know, just little bitty details, you know, get caught in the details. Right. So he lures you in with this story and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to tell us something about like when you meet the man of your dreams and, how they'll take the lead. Like, I'm, I'm thinking he's going that direction because this is a single mom conference. And so then he goes and says, um, once he got married, it was like implanted in him before, but he was just like, what would happen if you chased failure instead of chasing success? And when he said it, I'm thinking to myself, what does that even mean? Like, who what? And he was like so many people like majority of people chase success and when you talk to them certain things like they failed a whole bunch of times, but they're still optimistic that they can be successful or they have a bunch of failed business ventures or a bunch of failed marriages or a bunch of failed relationships or a bunch of failed, whatever the case. And he was just like, but they still could try to be successful. So he was like, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And that's the question that everyone asks. I've heard it my whole life. And people always have some insightful, inspirational, like heavy Man, so he answered the question and said I would be in the the NBA. Now, he was like, I'm 6'3", and I think he was like 140, 150, maybe 180. I don't know. He's a really slender guy. And so he was just like, (laughs) he said, it's only like, if you count up how many people make it in the NBA, it's like 400 people max. And don't quote me on this. For something. I don't know. Also, in the book, he goes into more detail. I'm just summarizing it up to get to the book. (laughs) But he says it's like 400 some people in the world. Like you know, you would have to be in like less than the top 1% in basketball to be able to get into the NBA. But people don't look at it like that. They're just like, if I play in high school, I'm really good. And then if I play in college, I'm really good. Like I'll get picked up. And then when I get in the NBA, I'll be really good. And he was just like, you are playing amongst the best of the best of the best of the best. So it's not, I'll be really good. Right. So he said, if, What would he do if he couldn't fail or wouldn't fail or whatever? And so because the video blew up and he was on Good Morning America and the Queen Latifah show, although people kept saying he was on the Oprah show, he was like, it's a huge difference between Queen Latifah and Oprah and the amount of views they get. It was so funny, but enough to keep you interested in the story, right? So he says that he had the opportunity to meet Kobe Bryant and he talked about how he met him and the impact on his life, which was beautiful because at this point, Kobe has passed and he was like, I never would have thought that I would meet him and then that tragic accident would happen. And I mean, you could tell he's told this story because he's a motivational speaker and then an author, but he's told the story, but as time has changed, he's had to adapt the story because Kobe had just passed. So he was like, to have that moment and that you know connection with him he knew me by name he looked me in my face shook my hand it was so funny to hear him reenact the scenario that happened but He goes through this and he says, because of the video with the wife and the surprise wedding and engagement, and then because of how big it got and how many people, then he was able to win tickets to go see Kobe play at the Lakers stadium or something, and then they were able to meet him backstage. And he said, oh, I was thinking of all the questions I wanted to ask him. And he asked him something about, like, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And then Kobe was like, he said, join the NBA, just like, uh, He was like, because I played, he was like, I was in the NCAA or whatever. (laughs) It was so funny. I cannot recall all the jokes that were in the, the full, you know, the full story that he told, but it was enough for me to say, I have to read this book because he was just a really good speaker and listening to him put all the pieces together. He was like, I, he said, I figured when I talked to Kobe that he would tell me, don't try out for the NBA. Like, it's hard work. Like it's this, 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 this. And he was like, Kobe looked me in my face and said, try, like, let me know how it works. Cause he said, I'm thinking about doing a, a video on like being this age, trying to get into the NBA and see what happens. And Kobe was like, I want a copy of the video. And he was just like, wait, what? Like, I can't believe he just said that. And Kobe was like, if you think you should do it, then do it. And then go from there. So he was just like, uh, so he sent an email To one team. And of course they said, we're not interested. And he sent another email. They were like, we're not interested. And then he sent one to a team, which if you read the book, it's in there. I don't want to spoil the whole book. (laughs) Um, He said, he sent it to this team and they said, yes, come and practice. And so he was thinking, he was like, I'm thinking I have a month, three months, you know, a period of time. And they were like, we'll see you on Monday. And this is like on Thursday. So he was (laughs) in no way, shape, form or fashion ready But he was like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. He told them he had a camera crew. He told them that he had all this equipment and that he wanted to film him trying to get like be good enough to be in the NBA. And so, of course, he didn't make it. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) And so then that gave him the idea for this book, Chase and Failure. And when he talks about all the things that he tried that didn't work, but the lessons he got out of it. I was just like, oh my, I have to read this book. So I wanted to give that backstory and get you all the way hooked in to understand that I I had not met this man. I did know him, but had I not went to the single mom conference, I would have never met him. And I don't know that I would have found this book because... At this day and age, everybody is an author. Not everybody, but you know what I mean. There's so many authors. And if you're not big enough, how do you promote your book? Which he talks about this in the book. He was like, so many people say they want to be a best-selling author, and they want to be this and do that. He was like, do you know what it would take to be a best-selling author? do you know the amount of money you would have to put in to be in this advertisement, that advertisement here, there, here to get people to promote? He was like, people say that, but they don't truly know what it means to be a best-selling author. And he was like, once you do it once, you may be able to replicate it, but most times it's not the same. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, the book was good. (laughs) If I don't get to say it at the end, the book was good. I mean, I thought it was... He said he had to write the book four times because the first time he found some typos, even though he sent it to two editors. And then he said customers kept coming up to him and telling him there was typos. Then the the second edition, something happened with the cover. He didn't really like that. Then the third edition, something else happened. And I'm like, oh, no. So now I have the fourth edition, which is what came out when he did this conference, I guess, in 2021. And he was saying, he hopes, fingers crossed, that there is no other errors. The name of the book has been the same. But then he was able to add some stuff, take some stuff out. Of course, if you pull all the books and do another rendition, you can make those edits. But for him to just go through his, his life and be able to pull out things that it seemed like a failure. But in fact, it was actually success for something else. And then for him to be able to turn that around and say, in reality, like you should be chasing failure because it's going to teach you things that you will learn for success if you look at it in that way. So this is why I'm just, uh I love reading. Um, I love getting some of the content that people have and just like being able to allow it to adapt how I think and the perspectives that I have. Because had you told me that it's just without the backstory, without his experiences, I wouldn't have took it and kind of walked with it. I would have been Mm, chasing failure. I, I don't know about that one. Let's get into it. I have a quote or a few quotes from each chapter just because that's the way that I read or that I want to share what I got out of it. Okay, so we're going to look at chapter one and the quote that I pulled out of there is before we know it, we find ourselves settling for what we have to do instead of what we get to do. What's worse? failing while trying or failing by not trying, end quote. And so I sat there and I'm like, yes, like, oh my gosh. So many times people say, what would happen if you would not know if you didn't try? You could think, well, it might do this, 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 this. But then it also might do that, 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 that. You wouldn't know until you tried it. And it is some things that are harder lessons than others. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It is some things that you you want to take somebody else's advice on. But because each of us have our own walk, because each of us have our own lot in life, as my mom says, or because each of us are predestined for whatever is for us, like our personal calling, our purpose, because of that, there are some things that I will go through or that you will go through that I would never experience and vice versa. Because your destiny is different from mine so what i may consider a wrong step for you might be perfect what i may consider two steps right and then one left might be three steps left and then four more right and you get where you need to be you know so i mean it's one of those things it's kind of relative so yes fail while trying or fail by not trying which one is the worst (laughs) it's heavy. Like, cause then you sit there and you think about it. You're like, dang, if I would have did that, I wonder. You would never know until you tried. I do say, seek wise counsel. (laughs) I do say certain things, check with other people and kind of listen and kind (laughs) of, kind of see, do some research. But with other things, I don't know. Like, I think it's a personal, it's a personal individual thing. Like nobody, can tell you exactly what to do in every step of the way. So even if you get counsel from someone and you give them five topics or five ideas or five things that you just might need some assistance with, if they gave you three, the other two is like, that's on you. I can only advise you in these three, you know? So it's going to be some of you that's making a decision along the way. Okay, quote number two in chapter two, Chasing Failure. Is more about who you're becoming than what you're achieving. So when he said this, I'm like, yes. When I tell you, when you go after a goal, and I can speak for me just getting my degree, I thought that when I got my degree, that life was going to just like overnight change. And when it didn't, I felt some type of way. I was like, people told me get the degree and I got it and I don't feel any different than I felt before I had it. And I was like, what happened? It's about... Who you're becoming, like, I would not be who I am if I did not go on that 10 year journey to get my degree. I, I just wouldn't be like, if I decided to get a job and stay at that job and just work and raise my kids, I would not be as open minded as I am now, having had these separate experiences going through massage school while in school. Um, just as my kids are growing up, trying to be there for them and work and do this, and I wouldn't be who I am if I just sat back and said. I'm just gonna do this and not have any goals because time passes regardless. So whether you set a goal and work on it or whether you don't, time passes. So in my mind, I'm like, yes, set a goal and work toward the goal. So it's about more of who you're becoming than what the goal is being achieved. Because I'm telling you, I just knew when I got my associates, I got that paper in the mail and I was like, it's not enough, I have to get the bachelor's. Then when I got the paper in the mail, I'm like, I just don't, I don't get the feeling that everybody was, like, so excited for. Like, I don't get that. I don't have it. And I'm like, is something wrong with me that I'm not jumping up and down, busting backflips, screaming and crying and dancing? I mean, yes, it was a battle. It was a 10-year-long, tedious battle. But I just, I didn't have that emotional response. And so then I'm like, but what I can tell you is who I became along the way was life-changing for me. So, This quote for me spoke volumes, very much not about the goal and more so about who you're becoming. Chapter three, quote three, just because someone is better than you at something doesn't mean you have to live intimidated by them. Sometimes you discover what we're supposed to do by process of elimination. If your why is compelling, you'll be willing to get it wrong a few times in order to get it right. When I tell you I want to throw that book, what? Process of elimination? Let me tell you about my life, okay? When I tell you he was going through and I'm like, this is me, this is me, this is me. I have had more jobs, and it's a hard air quote. See these air quotes, okay? More jobs than so many people. And it's not even the job, it's the industries. So when I get ready to go to interviews, people are like, You don't seem committed. They won't tell me this, of course. But there's like a... Okay, you went from here. You went from banking to... um, Like the criminal justice system to the education system or higher education system to hotel management over to grocery stores or retail or customer service, however you want to put that. I don't know what grocery stores, like I said, then you went to a salon slash spa with massaging and then you're getting your degree. So they're like, you're all over the place. And I'm like, but the bottom line is I am customer service oriented. It doesn't really matter what the jobs are, but By process of elimination, I knew I was not going to be doing hotel guest management for the rest of my life. Cross that off. I knew I was not going to be doing criminal justice the rest of my life. Cross that off. I knew I was not going to be doing um, higher education because the, the hours weren't flexible and it was very much 8 to 5 and you just, it was just, I knew I wasn't gonna be doing that, so cross that off. I knew I was not gonna be living in my hometown, cross that off. So when he said this, I'm like, if you don't get out of my space, you stepping on all my toes, not just my pinky toe, not just my big toe, you all on my foot, like you. <laughs> but it was good because if that is you, you can still find yourself by process of elimination. You know, now let me let me put this little caveat in there. It is more challenging <laughs> if you go through a bunch of things and people are like, you still ain't figured out what you want to do. You still ain't figured out where your workplace is in the world. You still ain't figured out. Da, 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 da. It is more of a challenge and it makes you feel a certain way because it's like, I tried this and it didn't work. I tried being a mechanic and that didn't work. I tried being, you know, a banker and that didn't work. And I tried being a stay at home dad and that didn't work. And I tried being, you know, like whatever you tried being and it didn't work. That doesn't mean that you're not on the right track though. You might have to get some wrong before you get it right. And that can be in relationships, that can be in cities, that could be in careers, that could be in personal development. I mean that that statement right there can go to any area. So I was like, You better say that. Like this book, uh oh, mm, it was good, it was good, it was good. Okay. <laughs> Cause I'll stay right there for a whole minute. chapter four, quote four, before you never give up on a dream, you should understand the distinction between what is supposed to be a career and what is simply a hobby. Okay, okay. I knew going in, massage was not going to be my career. I wanted to get paid doing it. I'm passionate about doing it. I enjoy it. But I knew going in, because it's flexible. It's so flexible that you don't know if you're going to work. <laughs> I mean, it's so flexible that you don't know how much you're going to make. I knew as a single parent that was not going to be a way I want to live my life forever. I need to know how much I have. I can't say I'm structured and then I don't know what days I'm working, what times I'm working. Because massage, as much as they want to say, you pick your own hours. You can pick 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. If nobody comes and gets on your table it doesn't matter what hours you said. <laughs> so really you want to make sure that you're available the hours that people want to come get massage. I mean, it would be in your best interest. You could pick whatever hours, but I mean, if you're there to make money, you want to be there working or be available to work when people want to get massage. So if that's the case, you open yourself up. Okay. So I'm, my schedule, the schedule that I love so much, 12 to 6, 12 PM to 6 PM. Now, somebody else might say that's not long enough somebody else might say that's too long depends on the person and what they have going on but with that it wasn't it was a more of a ho- it was more than a hobby but it was less than a career for me but i mean we're about to be 8 years in so i mean it's i'm passionate about it i enjoy it i just knew that i couldn't build my life around it because it was so inconsistent and i needed something consistent to be a parent like we're relying on my income so i can't have something that's up in the air at all times and it's like February is a huge month, uh, May is a huge month, and December is a huge month. The rest of the months, hit or miss. Hit or miss. And I'm like, that's too many months to not know what you're gonna make. (laughs) That's nine out of the 12 months that you're not sure how much money you're gonna have. Mm, It's not a good gamble. Like in those three months, you make enough to have an overflow. But I mean, think about it. January, Okay, you had overflow from December. So then February, you'll have overflow into March. But what happens in April? And April, you'll have a spotty month. But then May, you get another overflow for June. But then July, all the way through December, it's, it's just whatever. Like, go for what you know, you know? And I'm like, that is stressful for me. So you could have something where maybe you detail cars in the summer or the weekend, or maybe you um, have some other kind of business where it's kind of like seasonal. And you're like, I enjoy doing this, but I don't want to do this forever for the rest of my life and have it be my main source of income. It's nothing wrong with having multiple streams of income. It's nothing wrong with having different ways or different things you do to make money. But a career and a hobby is two different things. And so I think sometimes people get the two mixed up and then they have issues. And so that's why he was saying it's critical to know the difference between a hobby and and a career. All right. Also in chapter four, understand the difference between an opportunity that already exists and an opportunity you should create. So when he said this, I'm like, oh, this is good. Because something that's there versus something you have to make. If you know what you're supposed to be doing, you can answer that question. You could be in the right room at the right time and meet the right people. But if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing and you're kind of just going through life and you kind of just free falling, then you may miss the opportunity that's already there and the opportunity that you could create because you don't know what you're supposed to be doing or where you're supposed to be. So very important that as you are learning yourself and as you are figuring out what you want to do long term, and it's even for a hobby, like... Hobby doesn't make money, but it could. I mean, you could turn it into like a little side thing. Um, But if that's not something you want to do for money, then obviously you don't want to turn that into like a side gig. But if you found something and you knew it wasn't like something you want to do all day, every day, but it was a little something, then understanding and putting that in place. Some people say they want to be a blogger, but then they're doing the content research, typing and editing, and they're spending 12 hours a week doing that. And I'm just like, for a site that's not paying, I'm not really sure that that time warrants that amount of energy. So you would have to figure that out though. You would have to trial and error and say, okay, my blog, I'm spending 12 hours, and I'm trying to get the words right, and I'm trying to drive traffic to it, but I'm driving traffic to it, and then I don't have anything that I'm selling, so then people are going there, they're reading the content, they're absorbing the information, great, but they're not paying me anything, so is it worth the 12 hours? Like Maybe condense that down to six, maybe condense it down to four, and just put some good information, but not 100% of your effort since it's not paying you, if that makes sense. Now, I'm no expert in blogs, so don't think I am meaning Exactly, but I'm just saying it could be cleaning shoes. I'm going to clean shoes and you clean shoes ten, uh, like 10 hours a week, two hours, every, uh, two hours every day after school or something like that. And then if it's only generating $100, you might want to come up with something else and devote less time to that since it's obviously not a huge paying thing, if that makes sense. So, yes, understand opportunities that are already there versus opportunities that you have to make. Um, Okay, this is also in Chapter 4. If what you do doesn't have a purpose, no matter what you do, you'll always live unfulfilled. Purpose is heavy. I'm going to just say that. Purpose is heavy. People think it's simple as waking up and saying, I was made to deliver babies. You have to figure that out. You might be a doctor, and you might have had to be different kinds of doctors to get to that. Maybe you grew up and knew it. I mean, this is a small percentage of people that say, this is what I want to do from five, and I've stuck to it. But a lot of times, the person that's five and the person that's 30, completely different. <laughs> Experiences have changed you, living has changed you, like people's opinions and things that have happened through your life has changed you. Like a bunch of things have happened, so it's rare. But if you just said at five, this is what I want to be, and you're that great. I mean, you could also say, I want to be a doctor at five and then I say what kind of doctor. So you would then have to go on the hunt to narrow down what it is. But if you, if what you're doing, if you're not passionate about it, like if you don't, if it doesn't have a purpose to you, you'll always live unfulfilled. Like you'll always be searching for something else because you want it to be fulfilling. Like I think as humans, we were created that way. It's just what I think. Okay. Chapter five. It's important to understand that every single one of our goals, hopes, and dreams has a price tag on it. Talent can only get you so far, but hard work will keep you steady when you arrive at the destination. I think that's good. I think that's good. I don't think people talk about the price tag that you have to pay before you see the payout. So, if you have a dream to be a talk, world star talk show, talk show host what all you have to do before you make that there. If you want to be an NBA player, what all you have to do before you make it to the NBA and sign your first $20 million deal or whatever. If you want to be a rapper, all the freestyles and rap battles and all the things you'll have to do before you get a contract and be signed by a huge label. You know, like I don't think people really, really talk about the price tag up front more so the price tag after you quote-unquote made it. Like, oh, you're successful because now you're bringing in this much. And it's like, but they don't calculate all that you had to spend. Or when I say spend, I mean time, energy, money, all that you had to spend to get there. Okay, chapter six. If we think negatively of others when they fall short, we will naturally play on our own tapes of judgment for ourselves when we fall short so in other words give yourself grace give someone grace give yourself grace i think right in this area he was talking about how his book was edited and still by two people and they still had typos and he was just like i don't understand but he was trying to take that in and figure out what to do with that and it was just like pull the book and then re-put it out if that's what need be you know just because one quote that he said that i just absolutely loved Chasing failure took me further than chasing success ever did. I think you'll find you'll achieve more by chasing failure rather than chasing success. And that's what I was saying at the, the beginning, that he found out more about himself in, quote-unquote, the failures, because it helped him like understand success. It helped him reevaluate success. It helped him find out things about him that he didn't know that he wouldn't know because he didn't have that I like one of the equations that he said, time plus discipline, plus financial investment, plus learning. And then he also said, you will need passion, plus skill set, plus opportunities, plus purpose. And I'm like, yes, those are, you could have time, discipline, and learning, but without that financial investment, you're not going to get there. You could have skill set, opportunities, and passion, but without that purpose, it's still not going to be there. So I think him understanding that all eight of those components are important is really Fundamental, like when you really sit down and look at stuff, because you see, people now they go into business for themselves, and it's like every little thing bothers them, or it's like, Well, I didn't realize I won't have to do that, or I didn't realize this, or I didn't realize this, or they talk to customers bad, or their customer service isn't good, or they complain about the late hours in the early mornings, and it's like, Okay, so passion, skill set, opportunities, purpose, time discipline financial investment and learning like you're going to need all of that so if you don't have all of that you're going to have some issues and of course nobody is perfect nobody will come to the table 100 percent ready but what you don't have like just say you didn't have the skill set you hire somebody to help you with that Or somebody who does have the skill set. You might have the passion, the financial investment, and the purpose. And then you hire somebody for the skill set. And then they may be able to cultivate opportunity. You know, like it all works together. So I thought that was important. And I thought it was really good that he touched on that. In chapter 7, when we actively seek out constructive criticism because we know it makes us better, that is when we are successfully chasing failure. And so right here he was talking about when he would get up and do his motivational speaking. And, of course, they always send out surveys after someone speaks and they ask you, how did you do? And, of course, as people, we just say, oh, it was good. It was entertaining. It was this. And then he started getting constructive criticism because, like, how we were at a single mom's event, he went to, like, bigger businesses and he would have this exact same motivational speech and they were looking around like, what does that have to do with us at this Fortune 500 company? And again, like I was sitting there and I'm thinking, what is he talking about? He must be telling us that we're going to meet a man and he's going to put forth this effort for us to get a dress. And, a, you know, like I, we were trying to figure it out. So then it was like someone told him, you have to be able to relate to the audience no matter where you are. So if you can't relate to them, then your message doesn't go over as well as you think it did. And he was saying uh, in the beginning, it was rough for him to take that. But then he realized, if I can't take that from the people who are listening and get better at it, then that limits how far I can go or that limits how, like they said, how effective the message is. And he was like, I really want them to get the message that each and every person chasing failure, whether it's in business, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in whatever sets you up for success. So he was like, the message is the same for each person, but you tailor a little bit of what you say to the audience so they feel like you're including them. And so when he said that, he was just like, It hurt at first, but then he had to understand, like, on the flip side, if I was sitting out and I heard the same speech, would I feel like they were talking to me or would I feel like they were talking at me or would I feel like they were talking with me? And he was like, those little things, constructive criticism, can help you become more polished, can help you become more um, well-rounded. And it does. You have to be open to take it and you have to be in the right space to be able to receive it, to know it's not malicious against you it's not against you it's not to hurt you it's not to bring you down it's not to do anything it's to help polish you and make you better on maybe some of the spaces that you didn't see that maybe it's a square edge and they just want to round it out a little bit chapter eight extraordinary people do consistently what ordinary people do occasionally consistency consistency (laughs) consistency That's all I'm going to say. Be consistent in whatever it is you're doing. Be consistent. It pays off. Chapter 9. Get in the habit of including people in your dreaming process. And then he says accountability, assistance, getting and giving. Learn what to do when you fail others. What to do when others fail you. So when you're learning that, that's a hard one. Uh, It's not hard. It's challenging. Because... What do you do when someone says they're going to help you out or do something for you and then they don't? And then he was saying, what do you do when you tell somebody you're going to show up for them, be there, do something for them, and then you're not able to do? You have to be able to look at both of those and like spin it to where it's a better understanding and say, okay, I won't keep agreeing to stuff if I know I'm not going to make it. Or I won't, you know, overload my plate. Or, I mean, at the end of the day, give grace. We're all humans, we all have stuff, especially he's married with kids, so if something comes up and he says, I can do this, and then his wife gets sick, or the kids get sick, then, I mean, that's home, that's where you're serving the most, so you take care of that, and then something else, you can we can figure that out, you know, so I thought this was a good point, because... Learning to give grace and to operate in grace is not a given, like it's something you have to practice doing. But we're all human, we all make mistakes, and so pretty much if someone fails you, you have to realize you have failed someone, like you have done the exact same thing with somebody done to you. You might be better at it, or you might not do it as much, but it still has happened. And because we're human and nobody is perfect, so just understanding that it takes a give and take of grace. All right. Chapter 10. Stay ready. Remain teachable. Do the right thing for the right reason. Consistently engage in activities that intimidate you. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> The intimidation part. If you don't like speaking, like if you don't like public speaking and they say get up and talk and get up and talk and give it up and talk, yes, you'll get better, but it's still scary, Like if that's not what you like doing, you know, so continually do things that intimidate you, that's heavy, that's heavy, but that is what you do as you chase failure, in other words, to get further, that's helping you chase success, I just... It's a different concept. I mean, it really is. When I sat down and looked at it, I'm like, what? You want me to chase failure so I could be successful? Like, that doesn't necessarily... (laughs) To me, it doesn't go together. But he really did a good job of, like, painting the picture so you can see it. That if you had not failed at this, you would not know what success is in this area. Or you would have never got that opportunity because you wouldn't even be here at the failure space. Okay. Chapter 11. Strategic financial people risk in the event you get good at what you want to accomplish. Remain flexible on how you can do better. So I think that I think that was the last chapter. But in thinking about it, so many people say, I want to be doing like 10K months. And they're just like, well, how do you plan on doing that? And then they have an exact, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And so be open, remain flexible to how you want to get there. So even with marriage, even with dating, like I meet so many people because I'm a single woman, meet other single women. And they're just like, if I I don't meet him in church, (laughs) you might not meet him in church. And so then you're saying you're not going to ever get married. You want to date. You want to do this. You want to do that. But it's like, they're not flexible in how they come across or how they want it to happen. Or I'm saying I got my PhD and if I don't if I'm not a professor, how do you know that you won't do something else on the side and then meet somebody who's a professor who puts in a good word that you will get there. Like the flexible part. You just never know how things are going to work in your favor because people's lives are different. How someone else walked onto a campus and got the job right off, you might not have to do that. You might and when I say have to, you might not do that. You might meet somebody, work with them. They give you some uh, tips and tricks and skills and whatever that you would have never got at that university. You might work at a car shop and you get skills and information and all of these things, clients, that you would have never got if you went straight to um, an auto dealership like right out of school. Or, you know, like you might go and work at a beauty shop that you're like I really don't want to be here but this will give me some some clients and some stable stability or some hours or something and you might not want to do that and it's not to say that later on it won't help you but just because you say like I want to be a salon owner with 12 chairs and you just graduate in school cool but you might have to be flexible in how you end up there it might not be a straight shot and I say that for a massage therapist who's want to start their own studio. I say that for like somebody who wants to have a car lot. I say that for people who want to have like a large portfolio and as a real estate agent. I want to flip houses. I want to all of these things. You might your first or the beginning part might not go the way that you want it to, but if you remain open and flexible, you might still get there. Ugh. I'm telling you, the book was good. (laughs) I said all of that to say this book was good. Chasing failure took me further than chasing success ever did. I think you'll achieve more by chasing failure rather than chasing success. And I agree. I mean, I, I don't have the life experiences that he has, but from what I read and from what little experiences I've had, I agree. Chasing failure gets you further than chasing success ever does. <laughs> I'll say that because um, my life is not over and I am not done. I have so many goals and so many things I want to do. And I hope that you do too. Write some stuff down. But I have extended this particular episode because I got all into the book and the quotes and all that. So I will run. But I want to say... The next book we will be reading is Feeding the Soul by Tabitha Brown. Auntie Tab, I... Of course, the book just came out in September 2021, so a lot of people have read it. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I just absolutely love her Instagram personality. I just love her in general, but I found her on Instagram, and then I just keep up with her and the family, and I just absolutely love it. So when the book came out, I got it, and then now that I have some extra time and I'm able to sit down and read, I want to read it and then give you what I get out of it. So March, the book will be Feeding the Soul by Tabitha Brown. Thanks so much for staying, for listening. I hope that you check out Chasing Failure. If you hear something that you love, I hope you are able to pull so many nuggets out of this, but at least one. And then if you want to share it with me, feel free to do so. Oh, that's it. And that's all for this episode, of course. I'm coming back to you live at five, okay? I hope that you heard something that sticks with you or that pops back up in your mind later in the week and you're able to marinate on it. Real quick, if you could, Spotify has a new option to rate podcasts. So if you heard this podcast on Spotify, if you could leave a rating or if you heard it on Apple, if you could leave a review, So other people can find this podcast and take a listen. Thank you so very much. I truly could not do it without you. And just know, I'm probably somewhere talking. Until next time, toodles y'all.